very apt passage for the times that we're living in. And I want to draw a few points from it as we go along. So if you have your Bibles with you, if you could turn to Luke chapter 12. And I'm going to read from verse 22 to 31. We've also made arrangements for you to have that on your screens. So I'm going to read this uh, from my Bible here. I'm using the NLT. It says, then turning to his disciples, Jesus said, that is why I tell you not to worry about everyday life. Not to worry about everyday life. Whether you have enough food to eat or enough clothes to wear, how apt to the circumstances we find ourselves in. Do not worry whether you have enough food to eat or enough clothes to wear. Verse 23, for life is more than food and your body more than clothing. Look at the ravens. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns. For God feeds them. And you are far more valuable to him than any birds. I like verse 25. Can all your worries add a single moment to your life? It says by worrying, you can't even add a single hour to your lives. And if, you, and if worry can't accomplish a little thing like that, what's the use of worrying over bigger things? Look at the lilies and how they grow. They don't work or make their clothing. Yet Solomon, in all his glory, was not dressed as beautifully as they are. True. And if God cares so wonderfully for flowers that are here today and are thrown into the fire tomorrow, he will certainly care for you. And that's for you this morning, tuning in and watching this uh, live broadcast. He will certainly care for you. Why do you have so little faith, he says. And don't be concerned about what to eat and what to drink. Don't worry about such things. These things dominate the thoughts of those who do not believe or have no belief all over the world. I like this one as well. I'm going to refer to it later. But your father already knows your needs. 31. Seek the kingdom of God above all else and he will give you everything you need. What a beautiful, encouraging passage of scripture. The words of Jesus himself. Words of Jesus. Now, Jesus wouldn't say something if he didn't mean it. Jesus wouldn't say something if it wasn't true. Jesus wouldn't say something if it didn't apply. And the fact that he's saying, don't worry about what you're going to eat, what you're going to wear, what you're going to put on your feet, what's tomorrow going to look like. He means it. And as I read this passage, three things came to me this week. And I know we've read this several times. And I said, Lord, give me something a little fresh that I can bring to our people this morning from this passage that's so well known. Three things came to my mind as I read this passage. Number one is the question, what is it that's really important? What is it that is really important? It's interesting as we go about this crisis that we're in, that we're learning to survive on bare essentials. 
I think you'll agree with me as you're watching and listening to me. We're learning. Suddenly, we're all learning to survive with bare essentials. And we're making it. We're surviving. We're still alive, even without that favorite brand of coffee that's not even available uh, in the supermarkets or that chocolate or that little treat that we've been used to from time to time. Listen, we're learning to live and survive with bare essentials. In fact, Acts 27, very interesting passage. In fact, I read it. Some, a friend of mine put this on their Facebook and it really gripped me. It, it talks of the storm that Paul was in when he was on a boat. And it says in Acts uh, 27, he says the next day, talk about when they were in the storm, as gale force winds continued to batter the ship, the crew began throwing the cargo overboard. In other words, in that moment of time, they realized that the cargo wasn't going to save them. They needed to get rid of everything at that point of time because their lives were more important than anything else in that, in that moment of time. And I put down a statement here. How many times we can get caught up in the undue pressures of wanting to meet our needs when life can still be so fulfilling so enjoyable and so happy if we learn to make the most of what we have and realize that there are far more bigger things that can make us happy and begin to invest in those things. Our families, I think a lot of us realize the time that we can now spend with our families is so precious, so valuable. The friends that love us, care for us, are looking out for us. We're still surviving without that favorite brand of coffee and chocolate. But it's those words of encouragement. It's those people looking out for us. It's our families that we realize are far more important in the midst of all that we're going through. Peace. I tell you, that's a priceless commodity in this season that we're going through. And if we have peace, it's better than having anything else at this point of time. If you know Jesus... It's eternal life that is so priceless and relevant at this point of time. My question to us this morning as we read this passage, what is it that's really important? This season is allowing us to reassess our priorities, reassess what's important to us and what's really not that we perhaps give so much of our time to burn ourselves out, chasing, running after but scenarios like this cause us to reevaluate. What is it that's really important? 1 Timothy 6, verses 6 to 9 says, Yet true godliness with contentment is itself great wealth. After all, we brought nothing with us when we came into the world, and we can't take anything with us when we leave it. So if we have enough food and clothing, let us be content. But people who long to be rich fall into temptation and are trapped by many foolish and harmful desires that plunge them into ruin and destruction. I always say, we don't really need much. In my own life, for me, if there's food on the table, clothes on my body, a bed to sleep on, and a roof over my head, that's all that I need to be happy. And that's the very thing that God says in this verse. 
he will promise that to us. I always tell people, if you know Jesus, you will never go hungry. You will never go without clothes on your body. And you will never be without a place to call home. That's the promise of God. And that's all we need to be happy. I still remember when Lyra and I got married, you know, the early days. We didn't have much when we started out life. Uh, we had a little studio apartment, uh, barely furnished with, every ba with just the basic things that we required. We didn't have a lot of money as well, uh, you know, to go out and, you know, have meals outside and things like that. But we purposed in our hearts that we would make life happy with what we had. And so we would cook meals, put on a candle and have a candlelight dinner at home, though we couldn't go outside. We didn't have a fancy television. All I had was a little laptop that I used for my work. And so we would put on a, put on a, a DVD uh, into the laptop and watch a movie. But we were still happy at the end of the day. I want, I want to encourage us, make a list. While you have time to reflect during these few weeks and months, make a list. Make a list of what you think is really important to you and begin to invest in it. Begin to invest in those few things so that when we get back to normal, we get back into the rat race again, we can pause at times, pull out the sheet of paper and realize that it's the few things that we know are really important to us are the ones that are going to make us happy despite everything else around us. So my first thought from this passage, because Jesus referred to food and clothing. In all honesty, we don't need much. But what is it that's really important to our lives for the rest of our life? And if you do not know Jesus, I want, you, I want to encourage you. Your soul is very important. Because the Bible says, what does it profit a man if he gains the whole world but loses his soul? And so make sure you're thinking about your soul as you go through your life on earth. The second thing that came to my mind as I was reading this. The point of letting go. Or the moment of letting go. Because it's interesting. Jesus is talking about the bare necessities of life. We need food. We need water. We need clothing. I mean, they're bare necessities. And he's saying, even for this, are you willing not to worry and trust your Father in heaven for these things? And I'm, I'm thinking to myself, Lord, I mean, these are, these are, I put a term here, legitimate uncertainties. How about that? Legitimate uncertainties. And even for the legitimate uncertainties, you're asking me to trust you. And I realize that is what faith is all about. That even with legitimate uncertainties, the Lord is saying, are you willing to let go and trust me? Now that is real faith. The crisis that we're in is allowing us now to develop our faith. Because there are uncertainties. There are legitimate uncertainties, financial uncertainties, health uncertainties, all kinds of uncertainties. What's life going to be when we get back? And the Lord is challenging us this morning in the midst of this crisis with legitimate uncertainties. Are you willing to come to a point or a moment where you're willing to let go and say, I choose to trust you. 
I choose to trust you. It's easy singing all the songs. It's easy reading all the good passages. But he's, he's talking about the bear. He's not saying give up the chocolate. That's easy. He's not saying give up your favorite brand of coffee. That's easy. He's saying I want you to trust God for your very existence. For your bread, for your water, for your very sustenance. Are you willing to come down to that level of saying even for my daily bread, Lord, I'm willing to trust you 100%. How about that? Legitimate uncertainties. And I put down here, in fact, that verse that says, which of you by worrying will anyway add another hour to your life? We can't. But how beautiful the Lord is saying, I'm willing to carry those pressures for you. I'm willing to take those challenges on me so that you can be free and you can be light and you can be peaceful even in the midst of these storms. And we... This very morning, as you're listening to me, might be carrying the weight of a legitimate uncertainty. My brother, my sister, right now, what weight are you carrying as you're listening to me, as you're watching? It's legitimate. We're not denying it. We're not saying you're doing anything wrong. Because it's human to worry sometimes and, and be, be, be anxious about things. But the beautiful thing this morning is the Lord is saying, you don't need to worry. Cast your cares upon me because that's when the supernatural power of God kicks in. As long as I'm holding on, I'm not giving him an opportunity to take over and demonstrate his supernatural power. But the moment he says, come on, Chris, give it to me. Okay, Lord, take, take, hold it back. Take, 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 pull it back again. He's saying, I want you to give it to me. Trust me. That's the moment or the point of letting go. Yes, I know at times we take it back, but that's the wonderful God we have. He allows us to give it back to Him again and again. And this morning, perhaps, you've been, the last two weeks, carrying a weight. You've not been able to sleep. It's been worrying you. The future of your business, the future of your family, the future of your health, the future of your loved one, the future of so many things must be genuinely, legitimately weighing on your heart and your mind. This morning, perhaps, there's a reason why you're tuning in and watching us live. Because God wants to say, finally, you don't need to hold on to that anymore. Right now, give it to me. And in a few moments, I'm going to give you an opportunity to pray. And allow me to pray for you. So you can hand over that fear. Hand over that worry. Hand over that le legitimate uh, anxiety and uncertainty to the Lord. And say, Lord, I choose today to let go. And to trust you. Listen, let me throw this in, in this point of letting go. God has a million ways of doing things. A lot of times, we expect God to work in a way that he's worked in our lives before. I don't know if you're getting that thought across. Because he's worked in A, B, or C ways in the past. I'm expecting him to work again in those three ways alone. And just because I'm not seeing anything move in those three areas... I'm beginning to let doubt creep in and think, is God really going to show up? I want to tell you, God has a million ways of doing things. He may choose not to use A, B, and C that he used in the past because he's got a new way that he wants to do things through in your life, in our lives, and in the lives of the world in this point of time. You know, I mean, I, some of you know the story of the, of the food containers that we uh, needed to have with us when we began the project. And so... We ordered about 4,000 
takeaway containers uh, online and we were expecting the delivery on Monday. Monday evening, we got an email from the supplier saying, unfortunately, we're unable to deliver. We needed the containers for Wednesday morning, okay? Food's being prepared, 100 meals need to go out. We, if we have the food but we don't have the containers, it's a, it's a dead end. We prayed and said, Lord, you have an answer. You're able to do something supernatural. So Tuesday morning, one of our team members uh, went over to another supplier. Stocks are tight everywhere, guys. Everywhere, everything is limited. And they're also giving us limited stock everywhere. However, by faith, we went to this vendor. Of course, God works in supernatural ways. We got the 4,000 containers <laughs> that morning, on, on Tuesday morning, ready for service from Wednesday. God works supernaturally. Listen, legitimate worries, legitimate anxieties, legitimate uncertainties are part and parcel of life. But this morning, God wants to give us hope, especially if you're a child of God. Lift up your faith today. Don't let the circumstances get you down. Speak words of life. Speak words of healing. Speak words of victory in the midst of the storms because our God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above what we can ask or imagine. And finally, I'm going to close with this. First point was, what is it that's really important? Number two, the moment or the point of letting go. Finally, the verse that I mentioned earlier that touches my heart, verse 30. Your heavenly Father already knows. Wow. I mean, it just melts my heart just reflecting on that thought. The fact that he knows is enough for me. Even if I don't see anything happen that I'd like to see happen, for me, the very fact that he knows what I'm going through is enough. Because if he knows, the Bible says he works all things together for my good. Because I love him and I'm called according to his purposes. If you love him and you are called according to his purposes, which you are, and I know you love him as well, listen, all things will work together. The Bible says not one hair from our head will fall without his knowledge. And therefore I know if one of the hairs on my head needs to fall or falls it's with his knowledge. And if it's falling, there is a very good reason he has for letting it fall. Because he's got a plan and a purpose even for that to happen. And so we're going to close. I'm going to ask Rob to come up as we prepare to close this service. Your heavenly father, my brothers and sisters, knows he says, you are the apple of his eye. He's carved your name on the palm of his hands. This morning, he wants to bring peace. I know some of us, some of you may have been holding on and worrying, genuinely worrying. Don't beat yourself up because today he wants to give you peace. This morning, 
He says, I want you now to hand over that weight that you've been carrying. Will I have food, Lord? What if I don't make it to the supermarket in time? Will I still have food enough? He says, yes, you will. Will I have clothing to take me through this dark season? Yes, you will. He, was a, he, he made the clothes and the shoes of the Israelites grow on their bodies for 40 years. He made the jar of oil and the bin of flour that that widow had in the story with Elijah multiply. He is a supernatural God. This is the time when the church of God needs to rise up in faith knowing that He is able not just for ourselves but bring this message of hope to a world outside that is hurting, that's paining, that's genuinely paining and genuinely anxious with genuine uncertainties. My friends, He is able. Let faith arise this morning. Let joy arise. Maybe you want to right now rise up and begin to dance in your room. Maybe you want, to, you want to begin to shout and celebrate and say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you for your provision. Thank you for your life. Thank you for your protection. Thank you for your joy. Do that. That's fine. We can't see you anyway. Worship Him. Thank Him. Reach out to somebody. Text them this morning, this afternoon. Give them a call. Say, listen, I've got good news for you. God's got your back. He cares for you. Don't worry. And so let's bow our heads. I'm going to pray for you. Wherever you are. If you want to lift your hands, just as an act of saying, Lord, I want to receive. We can do that now. Lift our hands. Yes, Holy Spirit. Come right now. Begin to flow. As your word describes, you flow like a river. Flow like a river. I pray for my friends watching. Let that river begin to flow right now. Whether they're in their living rooms, their bedrooms, in their studies, wherever they are, let them feel your river beginning to flow. Let that river begin to well up from deep inside. And bring healing right now. Bring hope. I pray for those who are reaching out for physical healing right now. If you're reaching out for physical healing, just, just receive by faith right now. I speak a word of healing in the name of Jesus. I pray for those physical conditions and I say be healed in the name of Jesus. If you have stress and if there's anxiety that's gripping you, I pray right now, Lord, that your peace that surpasses all understanding will flow into those hearts and in those minds. I pray that you would lift up, lift away, lift off that heaviness from my brother and my sister. Thank you for hope. Thank you for faith. Thank you for the future. That whatever we may come out with is enough for you to multiply. Even if we have nothing at the end of these few months, if our bank balances are empty, if there's nothing in our barns, that's enough for you to take and multiply and not only bless us, but feed 5,000 with what little we're able to offer you in faith at this moment of time. So we give it to you today and we bless you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We're going to close our service with a song of praise.
God bless you. I'm going to just give you a greeting before we leave in the end. But I'm going to ask Rob to lead us in a song of praise. Amen.